What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's true. It's Nick Nick's buck. I'm not gonna say his last name, but Nick's buck. Very nice one. Let's yeah. get started, guys. All right. I'm Chase Winninger, host of the podcast. Lee McClellan, co-host. How is everyone? And today, we have a special guest today. Yes, special guest Rick Hill. Rick. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, tell uh, everybody. A lot of people have seen what your your work before. People have seen you on Kentucky Field before, mm -hmm. but not everybody is going to immediately know who you are and what you right. do. So, give right. me a quick rundown. What do you do? Well, I'm a staff artist, illustrator uh -huh. for Department of Fish and Wildlife. Been with the department for many years, around 33 years. 33 years. And I've been doing a lot of art for them and. Uh, uh, I do the covers of the magazine. If you get Kentucky Field the magazine, you see my work. I've been doing the covers pretty much on and off, but all the covers since about 2000. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do a section inside with a uh, biologist called uh, Nature Notebook mm -hmm. that I illustrate and a silly cartoon somewhere in the magazine each time. Rick <laughs> Illustrated. Rick Illustrated. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, and uh, I've done many much artwork for the educational posters. Well, some like, of the some of the posters that I think are most recognizable, people people my age and younger probably, are the ecosystem posters. Yeah, right. And the, the fish of Kentucky posters, because I feel like everybody you know who hunts fishes does outdoor stuff has seen you know those. It's like a, a river system, a big river system, mm -hmm. and you got all the species. And mm -hmm. over on the side, you can do kind of like a the key to all the species. Yeah, it's yeah. a match by numbers and right. So those, and then all of the fish of Kentucky. Right. And I've used your uh, your paintings before on Kentucky Field TV when I'm trying to show you know this is the difference in a white crappie and a black crappie. Right. Because they're all perfectly accurate. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I spent a lot of time trying to keep them accurate. That's right. Yeah. And I painted them. They're hanging in the department. Right when you come in the front door, all the originals, yeah. and they were all used to put the fishes of Kentucky. That's yeah. 27 of the most likely fish that you'll run into mm -hmm. when you're out fishing. I painted a lot of other ones that we couldn't put on there. Yeah. And the ecosystems where there were five in a, we call it the river continuum. They're mm -hmm. small order streams, like the smallest stream that would have fish in it, mm -hmm. all the way to the big river like Ohio, Mississippi. And yeah. then there was the reservoir, which is an upland reservoir representation. That's one of my favorites. And then they're the, all my favorites. A wetland slough, like you'd find in West Kentucky. They're all my favorites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the upland reservoir and the small stream. Yeah, my, actually, the, my favorite is that in the the upland reservoir and the wetland slough. I think are my favorites. But anyway, they were used extensively in schools. Yeah. For well, educational purposes. I, that's yeah. probably where I first that saw them. Is that where you saw them mm -hmm. first? Probably. I'd have yeah. to look up the years. I mean, right. Because mm -hmm. I remember seeing them, but I can't remember if it's when I was in school or not. Right. I graduated with your daughter, actually. So if they, right. if they were out when she was in school, then they would have been they out were. when I was in school. They started in the, the, the first one, hit the schools in 1995. Well, I was definitely in school. There I was actually go. just starting school. <laughs> well, there you go. So you probably yeah. saw them there because they were pretty much in all the schools. And then the surrounding states reprinted my posters with yeah. our permission okay. to put in their schools as well. So they've had a lot of use. You know, I just thought maybe the most recognizable piece of artwork that everybody in the state has seen is a smallmouth license plate. Because mm -hmm. that is yours as well. Right. So you actually did the world record smallmouth bass painting, mm -hmm. and then that was transitioned into a license plate right. to raise funds for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Foundation. Right. And that's been wildly successful. Oh, yep. I have one in front of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I um, guess it really has 
What yeah, other right. license plates have you done, Rick? You've done a, several, correct? Well, there's five. I've done, done illustrated the images that are on the license plate for five that are currently on the road. Let me guess. Bobcat, right. Cardinal, mm -hmm. Monarch, Smallmouth. There's a butterfly one, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not mine. Okay. I would say I don't do butterflies, but that would not be true because so I have done butterflies, but I didn't do that license plate. Did no. you do the deer? Yes. So the deer, the smallmouth, the bobcat, the cardinal. What am I missing? Oh, come on. They're, oh, John Morgan will not be happy with you. The quail. The oh, quail. Okay. The okay. Well. <laughs> okay. The quail. I should have right. guessed. There we go. <laughs> and those are all license plates that raise money for different, yes. out, uh, basically conservation organizations. Yes. Right. And so Quails Unlimited, uh, Kentucky League of Sportsmen, is that the deer? That's the deer. Um, the Bobcat and the Cardinal, I'm not sure, though, to be honest with you. I know a lot of UK and UofL fans have taken advantage of those two. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the, the, that's, I don't believe the money has anything to oh, do no. with that. They have their own individual. Those, yeah. The schools have their own license plates as well. Yeah, they do. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Of course, number one, small mouth. Small <laughs> Well, I'd like to think that the small mouth is the most popular, but I see quite a I see quite I a see the deer one everywhere. There's a lot of league Kentucky sportsmen, folks, and deer hunters. Yeah. I guess it would gravitate yeah. to, to that one. To yeah. the deer. I like the smallmouth one, personally. Yeah, me too. That's my favorite. I, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about Kentucky and what Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky's obviously really well known for deer hunting, but that's our claim to fame, the smallmouth. That's what we don't have the oh, yeah. world, we don't have the world record buck. We got the world record smallmouth. World record smallmouth. Small yeah. Good old Dale Hollow. But the, I like the quail too, because yeah, it's got a little bit of stone wall in there. Mm -hmm. That was from an actual painting as the smallmouth, you know, yeah. and they got double duty, was able to, yeah. thanks to the graphic artists I work with, able to turn those into license plates. One of the most impressive things that you'll ever see, because, I mean, obviously you can't go see the world record smallmouth in person, but you can go see the painting, which is life-size. Mm -hmm. It's of the exact dimensions. Yes. And if yes. you walk in the front of headquarters up there, I think it's on your left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's or it's also at Del Hollow Lake State Park. Right, mm -hmm. it is. And it might be on the sign there at the boat ramp it as is. well. It's the sign even at the boat ramp. Of course, it's even bigger there. I yeah, think. okay. So it's bigger. Yeah, it is. I think. Yeah. But anyway, yes. That's, but the, if you see the actual painting, that's true. To, that's true scale. That's right. And I it's was, ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. <laughs> you look at. I, I put my thumb sometimes up by its mouth, just yeah. thinking, what? What if I thumb that thing? I'd have to. Well, use you both imagine hands. looking in the water and seeing that coming up and seeing oh, the gosh. size of it. Yeah. I mean, it's well, ridiculous. Rick and I several times have been in Mr. Hayes's home mm -hmm. and yeah. talked to him about it. So yeah. he's a real hoot to yeah. talk to. He really is. Well, I know Chad's been down there and talked to him several times. That's mm -hmm. a trip I wanted to take last year yeah. when they went and talked. I wasn't able to, but yeah. hopefully sometime. We went. Is that the day? one we were on? Yeah. 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 And it got to hold the rod and yeah. everything. Yeah, that was. And the rod cool. has a permanent bend in it. Yeah. From the fish. Yeah, and the lure's missing a set of treble hooks because he the pulled battle. it out. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. that's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Get to go talk to him down there and see all that. But so going back to you're the artist, but you said you've been on with the department for 33 years. You've been doing the art since early 2000. So there's some time before there. Well. The first eight years, I was in the fisheries division. Fisheries. And most of that, I started, is it, well, I had a relationship with the department that went way back. Uh -huh. Of course, most people would listen to what I just said and say, that's not way back. <laughs> well, a little farther back, when I was about 20 years old, I uh, introduced myself to Fish and Wildlife and and I asked them if they needed any artwork. I was a freelance artist. Uh -huh. Anyway, to let me a long story short, they, they did have, something they would like for me to do for them. I did a painting in 76, 
1976, it was in the magazine, and that's where my relationship with the department started. Huh. We were friends, at the, I had, knew a lot of biologists, and we, I would bring new artwork in to show them, and uh, they would get me to do things for them through the years, and then they offered me a job, something they thought I'd like to do. I was living on the headwaters of Nolan River Lake okay. at the time. Yeah. And, uh, they knew I knew fish, yeah. so the fisheries biologists in that district called me and wanted to know if I would like to help them with a krill survey that summer. Uh -huh. So I did and never stopped there working for the department and started using my artwork and became a full-time as an artist in 94, 1994. Well, I spent a lot of, I mean, if, like, if you're an outdoors man or outdoors woman, I mean, you've seen the artwork. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think Chad actually opened the show recently um, with that, with that line, if you're a sportsman or woman here in Kentucky, you've seen Rick Hill's artwork. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see more of it, come on down to the, mm -hmm. um, the, the Rotunda. Rotunda. Thank down you. It capital. was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to mispronounce it. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's an impressive exhibit and it goes on till November the 26th. So right. Basically what it is, cause people listening have no idea what we're talking about, but they're and currently right now at this moment and through November 26th, there is an exhibit down at the Capitol building. Uh, just basically walk straight in the main doors of the Capitol and you come right. into the... To the rotunda. Yeah, and that's yeah. there's basically some statues there. Yeah, Lincoln's right in the middle of the room, yeah. so the, he's got wildlife art all the way around him yeah. and sporting art. I think right. the press release said there were 40 paintings. 42, 42. actually. I snuck a couple in they didn't know about. Good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But so if, you, if somebody's interested in going to see some of the art in person, they can do that. Yeah. Or, like you said, the originals for a lot of the paintings are here at Fish and Wildlife. Right, you can visit the main office. I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with you walking in and taking a, a lap around the main office there. And, oh, and not at all. Looking, looking at the paintings yourself. Yeah. So. And if they want to see it regularly at home, they can get our magazine. Yeah, mm -hmm. get the magazine. And, yeah. But, but the... Uh, the exhibit at the Rotunda is impressive. No, very few people have reached that stature. Yeah. Know? And the other day they had a press conference, for a political press conference, and uh, all the people were surrounded by Rick's art, and you could see it on the on the, on the the uh, television uh, news reports of it. And I was like, oh, wow, good. You know, and you could see all your art in the back. It was really cool. So you're the, you're the department's artist, and obviously you've done all these covers, all, everything like this, but you're not just an artist, you're also an outdoorsman. Because like Lee, actually, last podcast, he was in a hurry to get out of here so he could come over and fish your pond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if somebody listened yeah. to the last podcast. We caught him, too. If he knows he's going fishing, he gets pretty antsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you, I mean, you have your own farm there. You've managed well, and you've taken a big interest in the wildlife. Oh, absolutely. And you've been hunting and fishing your whole life. Right. You said, obviously, growing up down there on the headwaters of Nolan. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where I ended up because I wanted to be there. Yeah. But I lived on Salt River for many years uh, previous to that. In fact, I used to live where the lake, you, the old foundation is inundated okay. somewhere downstream of uh, Van Buren. But anyway, uh, always been attracted to water. Uh -huh. So I always tried to live really close to a river. Of course, I ended up on a farm, didn't have that, so I built ponds. There you go. Got to have some water. And ponds with some big catfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Catfish here and there, maybe a bass. Well, you know, there. you had some local knowledge when. Did you go on that shoot when they did the white bass shoot with Chad here last year? Jameson did it. Jameson, Jameson did that one. Yeah. Y'all smacked them. That was my old home. I mean, that's where that's I lived for several years. Like that's where I started my fish and wildlife career. Right, right there is where I first day that I worked for fish and wildlife. The first day that was, was, forward, was March first, nineteen eighty six, as a creel clerk to talk to white bass and walleye anglers. Right, exactly where we were 
standing well, and you, catching fish. Somebody mm -hmm. can get on YouTube if they want to. Just go to YouTube and type in Kentucky Field Rick Hill, and it'll pull that piece up. And it's a white bass piece on Nolan River Wildlife Management Area, actually. It's, mm -hmm. it's right there on public land. And um, I think that you actually mentioned that the piece because there's yeah, that bridge. There's that bridge there, and you it were did. saying my first day ever working for Fish and Wildlife yeah, was. I right. parked right in the same spot we parked and walked yeah. down because right <laughs> I only lived about a mile or less yeah. from that bridge. So there. anyway, that was my first station that I had to report to, the intercept, talk to a fisherman, and right there. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, it was fun to third, do that. Had a good time. Caught fish. And, mm hmm Y'all yeah. smacked them that day. Yeah, we did. Caught good. a couple of walleye and yeah. white bass. Well, there, yeah. We're about, what, six months from the white bass run right now, about yeah. as far as you can get from it. But yeah, but it's, but it's hard to beat a white bass run in Kentucky when they're yeah. on. And mm -hmm. that's one of the best places in the state. Well, when yeah. you said you moved from the Salt River to Nolan, I was thinking, surely, I know the white bass run's great at Nolan, but it can't be that much better in the Salt. But well, it was so before. you got to remember, yeah. when I lived there, there wasn't a lake. Yeah, mm -hmm. see, that's where so I That's how far back we're going. So, yeah. got, Did so. you ever catch smallmouths in the Salt River there? No. I never really remember catching any, although there is a population I've caught there them. now. I've caught them up mm -hmm. off the WMA. I mean, yeah, I have too. Yeah, that's why we've caught them yeah. now, but when it was just the river there, I just... But I mainly spotted bass? Get some spotted bass and some large mouth and yeah. Hmm. You know, another picture people might recognize, I'm not trying to get on, maybe you might hate me for saying this. Uh -oh. There's a, somebody might have seen the fishing guide or the hunting guide in the past and seen a a little kid wearing overalls holding up this great oh, big, yeah. great big <laughs> cat. Yeah. yeah, a little kid uh, holding up this great big catfish on yeah. a dock. He's barefoot and he's got, I think, camo overalls on. Yeah, yeah. he does. And you remember that well. It's somewhat, yeah. well, of course, they didn't have camo back then, but it's almost Tom Sawyer-ish. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it seems Kind like. of, because he was barefoot. Barefoot. And I didn't even dock. know he didn't have shoes on. I took that picture yeah. of him, but I didn't know he didn't have shoes That was your... My son. That's your son. That yeah. was just that long ago, because your son's yeah. much older now. He's 25 now. Yeah. <laughs> and when, he when I took the picture, he, we, he caught this fish, and I had experimented around with it, the channel cats in my pond and the bass and so forth and so on, the bluegill. I put some a few blue cats in there. Yeah. And this one had really got big. We just happened to catch it, and the sun was just right. The, the lighting was good, and I just told him, pick it up and hold it, and he was, wasn't that big. And I yeah. said, higher. And so... The, just the look on his face and heaving it up, it made a really good picture. Yeah, look, he's doing everything he can to get that catfish yeah, up off the dock there. Yeah, it was really good. And then there's also the picture of your daughter, daughter Sarah, with the turkey that's been used in several. Yeah, so well, some cameos from mm -hmm. the, uh, the yeah. Hill family. Have yeah, been made. <laughs> they found their way into things through the years uh, several times as they grew up. You can almost watch them. Well, I'm sure having a good photographer around probably didn't hurt didn't, either. Didn't though. hurt. Well. It works for the happens to work for the magazine. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that helps. You always too. have that in the back of your mind. We need good photos, so yeah. might as well click one here and there. Yeah. So earlier earlier this week, late last week, you corresponded with Bill Dance. Yeah, I sent him a note because but, a mutual friend. He I haven't talked to Bill Dance since nineteen eighty. And you found a picture with you. Yeah, I had a picture Dick, of us. Was Dick Costas, says Dick, Dick, Dick Cotus, Cotus. the owner of Arbogast Lure yes. Company. That makes the jitterbug. Yeah, we were in at Atlanta, Georgia at a tackle and Bill Dance. trade show. Yeah, a big trade show in Atlanta. And uh, I was in the Arbogast booth. Really? They had me to come and be there. So, because I also did the fish carvings for many years. And I, and I carved and painted the largemouth. A small mouth and eventually a spotted bass with three different 
of their products, their baits, the jitterbug, the hula popper, the, the old used to be famous standby baits and the mm -hmm. mud bug, I think. I've got a mud bug still. Yeah. So, in, but anyway, I carved all that out of wood and I was in there and I met all these, the top fishermen of the day. Yeah. At, at that show, Roland Martin and so you reached out Jimmy to, Houston. I'm guessing Bill Dance had his Tennessee hat on. Did you have that you same hat on? He didn't have a hat on. He did not that day. He didn't have his hat on. I say, I'm over here looking at Rick's. I'm looking at Rick's hat though, and I'm looking at the logo on that. That's got to be at least 15 or 20 years old, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the logo before this last. One. It's this logo that's on the wall right here. Yep. Yeah. Well, is that is that? Yes, it is. It's old. This that uh, is is that the. This uh, is kind of a visual medium, and yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, <no doubt. laughs> I'm not sure how well this well, is coming they, across. I, I but. like this one, but remember they used to. Hey, I don't know. That's yeah. Oh, well, well, we improved it. Yes. Maybe we should go back to things that listeners can understand. Guys <laughs> 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 talking about logos and pointing things on the wall. It's a little bit brighter colored logo back but, in the day. But back to the, you, you brought up that I hunted and fished. Yeah, you do a lot of hunting and fishing. Well, I, my uncles started taking me out hunting and fishing when I was about between seven and eight years old. Mm -hmm. Never quit. And uh, that mixed really well because with my interest in, because uh, if, if the fish weren't biting, I'd be turning over rocks. Okay. Seeing what I could find. Yeah, yeah. Because I was interested in snakes and of course, lizards and insects, anything. I used to bring that's everything home. That's what Chase home. still does. Yeah, yeah. still do that. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's big fun. And, yeah. and, you learn, and you learn a lot when you do that. I grew up yeah. in the creeks flipping rocks. I mean, when I was insane and like see all the different things you yeah. catch. Oh, it was it was a great day if you, you found a snake under a rock or a really cool salamander. Yeah. I mean, it was special. Yeah. So, so it, it all mixed and them getting me out in the field really did a lot for me uh -huh. to, to enhance my knowledge and interest of everything natural history. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a great mix for me. So still is. I wanted to talk a little bit. I mean, it's a deer season right now. Right. A lot of people are out. Have you been deer hunting yet this year? I, I haven't been yet this year. I'm waiting for my kids to get theirs. I hunt on the You're farm there at home. And, not being selfish enough then. Uh, no, I've, I, I used to, well, I wouldn't say I was selfish, but yeah. once your kids really get into it, I like to see, they get so excited. Yeah when they get a nice buck or something yeah. and of course i've educated them the you need to get your dough for meat first mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they're come around to that pretty good won't so. be too long before you have grandkids you gotta let uh, them well i've got too. one i've already had him fishing he's four really? years old and oh he's he knows what a bass is he knows what a bluegill good, is good, know good. what a catfish good. is raising yeah. him up proper yeah but he still asks me if there's sharks in the pond but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's okay did you tell him the word he's really interested in sharks i tell him no maybe somebody told him the word so he wouldn't try to swim in it uh, maybe maybe yeah. wasn't you but maybe no I, I try to keep him because he retains so much start him off right yeah, with good. the with the truth and the facts whenever possible I mean, exaggerate a little bit for fun, but... I mean, that's part of fishing, is exaggerating, right? Yeah, so I look forward to him as he grows up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be... That's, for that's... taking him fishing, stuff like that, not, and then the hunting when he's ready. You said you've, uh, you're teaching him to get the dough first for me and then focus on the antlers. I kind of did the opposite this year. I put off, I mean, I literally wouldn't shoot anything until right. buck tag was filled, but here lately... Uh, I went out and took one this morning. I've, I've, I've got five deer so far. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly because we have a farm that just got killed by crop damage. I think okay. um, a lot of crop damage. In fact, the farmer sent me numbers earlier. The soybeans this year, I think his price was 9.29 a bushel. And he said he lost 20 bushel compared to what was expected or what was average on this farm. It was 140 acres. And I added it up, 20 bushel, 929, 140. It's like $26,000. Yeah. 
on this one piece of property. And so he is offering to buy people, you know, to give people money so they can buy uh, additional antlerless tags or additional deer permits is what it's called now. Mm -hmm. And just laying the smack down to the deer yeah. out there, trying to get the numbers down to a reasonable level because there's right. just too many. Yeah, because that's like 20 bushel per acre, right? 20, bush, 20 bushel per acre over 140 yeah, acres. That's a, that's a big impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, $26,000 is yeah, what, what he said it was. So. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been taking advantage of the Hunters for the Hungry program. Cause I don't, okay. I don't have enough freezer space. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a lot of venison for all well, these that's deer. Good, though. <laughs> We've had Roger Lapointe on here before as yeah. a guest. Um, yeah, Roger's good. Yeah, but so that's we. A, that's a very worthwhile program. Between me and Chad, we've donated four or five deer so far, and it makes it nice if you're trying to manage a property. Mm -hmm. You need to take deer, but you don't have space for them. You don't want them to go to waste. Well, now you have a place you can take them. Mm -hmm. So I had wanted to donate in the past years. So I just never had made it happen. This year I finally did, and it's an extremely easy process, and it, it's nice because you can take the deer you want to take, and you, you aren't wasting anything. It's all going to good use, and it's no cost out of your pocket mm -hmm. other than just taking a deer and tagging right. it. So it's a, it's a pretty cool program, and I think as of right now, all the processors aside from one are still accepting, still have room for mm -hmm. donations. So. Wow. I just thought if we were doing a podcast, you know, it's still modern firearm season. There's still yeah. a lot of hunters out there in the woods. Maybe yeah. we could put that two cents out there and maybe get Absolutely. a few extra donations yeah. that wouldn't have been made otherwise. Um, I think the one processor who is not accepting it didn't fill up. He just had an illness or something something wow. personal happened where he had to say, I, I can't right now. So, right. But we've taken ours to C&J, and there's processors all over the place. So. Well, Good little program. Hunters need to get out there and get busy. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if you saw the, the report that Gabe sent out this morning. It looks like hunters were pretty busy over this past weekend. Our uh, second weekend harvest huddles were way up. Did you, see, did you see those No, reports? I didn't know mm -hmm. that yet. I hadn't got a chance to talk to him. I saw yeah. him. But, oh, that's I saw great. Him. I saw He sent. Let's see if I have this here. I'll be quick. Uh, second weekend harvest modern, modern guns. So this is only the second weekend. This, uh, this year we took 19,244 on the second weekend. Uh, last year it was 17,000, and the year before that it was 10,000. Wow, so, what a difference. So we doubled 2017 second weekend almost this Good. year. Um, Ten-year average is 14,744, so we were dang near 5,000 above that, which is you know 33% right. higher. I mean, mm -hmm. if you, that's, uh, so yeah, a lot of hunters got out on the second weekend. We've had great weather. Yeah. Well, if you looked at yeah, the report, this weekend was good. Mm -hmm. If you looked at the report after the first weekend, it looked like we were taking a dip, but because of that high harvest on the second weekend, I mean, we are right there, you know, up there with our best. I mean, I'm looking at the graph right here, up there with our best uh, first nine days of modern firearm season in the past ten years. Only one or two years has been higher, so. Good. Things are happening. I'm yeah. going to go out there. I've got one deer tag left, and I might have to buy more. I'm not sure. We'll see. I need some of these other guys that hunt this property to get out there and get busy burning yeah. some of their tags. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this morning they were, they were running. The bucks were running does right past my window, drinking my coffee this morning. What was that before you came in? Yeah, so today. that would have been early. Because mm -hmm. um, this morning, I'll tell you, when I was out there, I saw bucks cruising. But, I mean, just one buck here, one buck there, and I wasn't seeing any does. And... I'm sure that you know when you're out there, you can just kind of get a feel for the day, you know, just how, how it feels. And it has something to do with the sounds, and it has something to do with just how the air feels. There was almost no wind this morning. Yeah, it was very calm. Almost no wind. And I almost think that no wind is one of my least favorite conditions. Really? Well, I mean, I understand, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I just kind of feel like deer might not like being as active in no wind because 
you know, then they can only smell what's right next to them. Mm -hmm. They don't get to use that sense of smell to their advantage. Um, and of course, fishing is better with some wind. And mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I, dead calm is bad fishing. Don't you think? A lot of times. Well, I guess there's a happy medium. Yeah. High wind is really hard to fish, but. Well, some of that comes down to what bait you're wanting to throw as well. Oh, that's true. Because I know that, like, for instance, Chad, he knows much more about fishing than me, and I'm sure you two both know much more than me as well. But, oh, no. Oh, Lee might. <laughs> but he, he's the crappie slayer of Taylorsville. Well, when it when it starts getting real windy, Chad, you know, starts getting a little, you can see a little gleam in his eye. He, <laughs> he wants to pick that spinnerbait up and start throwing it because apparently high wind is just a better spinnerbait condition. Mm -hmm. I think some of that comes down to the clarity of the water also. Mm -hmm. yeah, and right sure. now, it's getting to be winter. A lot of people aren't fishing, but if you know fishing, you want to be out there in the winter. Mm -hmm. Those fish, especially smallmouth, and on crystal clear lakes, and of course water seems to get clear in the winter anyway, but on yes. those crystal clear lakes, they don't like to look up at the sun. You know, right. if you're running a bait above them, they don't want to look up at it. And then as it gets windy and the surface gets broken of the water, then it's not as harsh. So they're more likely to be willing to look up and become aggressive. That's the way it's explained to me. The fly yeah, well, works makes better a lot of sense. Floating fly works much better on a day with some chop. Yeah. I, I've always kind of wondered well, if the floating fly works better on a day with some chop because it's working your bait for you. It you does. You some days do I don't do anything. Just hold on and <laughs> yeah. watch that bobby go down. one of the reasons it's so clear is because the cold water it curtails algae blooms okay. and whatnot. So there's mm -hmm. less of that in yeah. the water. So it gets clearer and clearer until a certain point. It's just Wow. Yeah, you do notice the, I mean, it's start been happening for a month now. Um, you look at a pond or a creek or anything where the water's fairly standstill, mm -hmm. it kind of goes from, you know, being that summer look that mm -hmm. turns a real dark, deep blue, mm -hmm. and then it just becomes almost crystal clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the algae, you say. Yeah. But when well, that happens in the algae stream. Algae and plankton blooms, yeah. everything just, you know, slows down when it gets really cold yeah. in waters like that. And it just. In the stream, when you see that almost aquamarine look, I call that dead winter look they just yeah like elkhorn they it's done oh. it's nearly impossible to catch them in that well the temperature water temperature there's no there's no more comfortable place to go because yeah. the water's not very deep it's mm -hmm. not like in dale hollow or or cumberland or something where they're just deep but you can still find them and the temperature's higher down mm -hmm. there where they're at right yeah but in a stream yeah there's nowhere it's to colder in their best spot they can find it's still so cold. they just go into torpor yeah much, they, don't if you they think? move they're not moving much yeah that happens yeah. in the streams for sure. Like I mean, yeah, I, that's what we're. You know, I, I don't. I don't waste my time trying to fish the creeks in <laughs> December no, or January. No, that's. But on a reservoir, it's some of your best times to yeah. go catch them. Oh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting out there pretty soon. I'm, you know, dropping hints at Chad left and right. Like, hey, let's go. Let's I go. dropped him bombs and shake a foundation at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he. Can I see. He kind, of, he kind of waits. He likes the end of November, but I think Chad's waking up every morning and checking the uh, water temperature at Del Hollow on his mm -hmm. phone first thing when he gets up. Um, he is very good. Oh, and Dale, he, he's, the, he's the king. Mac Daddy. Well, he kind of explained it. He said he got a fishing report, I think it was a week or two ago, and his buddies were catching them anywhere from top water to 25 feet. And he said, that's no go for me. I, I don't care if they are catching them. If they're that scattered, I don't want to drive down there and, and waste my time trying to catch fish that are all over the water column. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they get congregated, so the cold water congregates fish, it makes them have a preferred area where they mm -hmm. want to be and then all these fish stack up together and if you find that you found you found yourself a bunch no yeah doubt. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what he's waiting for so at least you know if you go down there with him you won't be wasting your time no doubt <laughs> oh no if he's going i've been yeah, on some he's... one day it was snowy high was 38 snow everywhere i've got pictures from it Chad caught four i caught zero yeah on the i mean brutally tough day it's like january the 8th or something i was like yeah. 
If you can catch them on this conditions, you can catch them anytime. You're going to go fish with Chad in the winter. You put your your yeah. tough face on before you go because you'll be out there. I don't, you, yeah. I don't yeah, he, care. Yeah. You are going to, yeah. One time waters. I fished with him, it's been really nice weather in the, There's no in the summer. Sun. But in the winter, I hear he's, he's if it's raining or snowing. Oh, we if you think, oh boy, we're going home, no. I think Sloan. He's Sloan. Sloan. He went with him soccer fishing Sloan. one day and Chad liked to kill him. <laughs> Yeah, he wouldn't go in. He would, you know, he wouldn't give up. Yeah, I don't think Sloan would get back on the boat with him in the winter. Just yeah. he said we were out there for twelve hours, <laughs> just freezing cold. Yeah, and it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh well. So Rick, right now, if you uh, if you're going to go out and do something, would it be deer hunting, or would you? Is there some type of fishing you'd like to do, or uh, any fall activities that you take advantage of that most people overlook? Well, I, I guess my favorite fall activity outdoors would probably be crappie fishing. Crappie fishing. That's my favorite, I guess. So if you were going to crappie fish right now, is this the time of year to go? Well, usually, if, if it's according to the temperature conditions, I, I usually just because it's close, end up going with friends, mostly with Tim yeah. on... Uh, Salt? Yeah. Taylorsville Lake, and uh, when the conditions are right earlier, we go up the river. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we saw there. last spring. Remember? And then yeah, later, yeah. we move in conditions, we move back down into the lake. Okay. But we've had some weird weather going on. We got extremely cold really early, and then the lake shot up and, yeah. and all that. So I haven't been as much as normal. You know, I would prefer us to have a fairly normal year next year. Because this yeah. year, like you said, we the last two years have almost been crazy. Floody yeah. to drought. Well, uh, the worst flood. I mean, I'm going back two years. All of 2018 was the oh, wettest yeah, was, year ever. Yeah. And then we had more flooding at the beginning of this year. Then it was just pure drought forever. Yeah. And it's almost kind of started to even out here the yeah, past month Yeah, I'm ready for so. just normal yeah. weather pattern year. Yeah, that'd be nice. Especially for the fishermen. Yeah, yeah but we saw... Uh, Rick and Tim up uh, in the Salt River this spring while we were down there filming That's a right. segment. That was this spring. We were yeah. taking pictures and we yeah. ran into y'all. Well, I think the, after you guys left, they, those guys, Rick and, and Sloan, were still out fishing. And I can't remember, we were interviewing somebody or talking to somebody, and I turn around and Sloan's yelling at me from the boat. He's out there in the middle. He's Look at this! You know he's telling us. I saw him catch the saw. He caught him as a saw guy. He was so yeah. proud. Then I turned around, and caught another one. He was hollering. <laughs> I know. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right before we had to go. Yeah, as hard as they are, just seem to be hard to catch. Mm -hmm. I I dropped my pole to net his fish. Yeah, and he was all excited. Got so when he finally got him all stabilized, I went and picked my rod up, and us just drifting. Yeah, I I caught a saw guy. I think it's perfect that way by accident. <laughs> that's all the time I try to catch one, yeah. and this is how I'm gonna catch it. I'll I, take it. I like the saw guy a lot. I mean, it's if it might be up there on my new favorite on some of my new favorite fish to catch yeah. in Kentucky. I say new yeah. because they are fairly new. Yeah. I mean, yeah. opportunity is, but it seems like it's, like we were talking about preferred temperature, preferred mm -hmm. area earlier. They're in a spot, and I think it's the main channel out there where mm -hmm. you guys were catching them. Because I, I did pretty well catching them from the bank, but I was also throwing a heavier jig head. Yeah, you were getting down I in was, the channel. I was getting out past it and bringing mm -hmm. the bait right into it, and I was reeling as slow as I could. Just, mm -hmm. you know, I could feel bottom here and there. And I was able to catch a saw guy, but Everybody else was stuck on white bass and crappie, which is good too. Yeah, it's hard um, to quit fishing for those when there are yeah. so many of them around. Yeah, man, but I tell you, you could leave there. You know, it, we were early on the run. It was a lot of females or a lot of males, not a whole yeah, lot of the big maybe. females yet. Catching one of those saw guy, you know, about twenty inches long. Yeah, it'll made a mess. Yeah. pretty quick, and yeah. you have to add stack up those male white bass and crappie to to get that much meat off no, of the fish. No yeah, and a, and a saw guy is a delicious 
like all these relatives, the mm -hmm. walleye and the sauger. Mm -hmm. Awfully good to eat. Rick and I are going to try if we can get a window of time to hit Meldal Lock and Dam and catch some sauger on the big water. We did a one. Or sauger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but remember that one guy, the 80-year-old guy, caught that big sauger yeah, when we were had, up there, remember? Yeah, he had a whole string of saugers and one really big sauger. Sauger. I've seen people catching a walleye and sauger down below McAlpine. Yeah. And uh, also LG&E power plant down there. Mm -hmm. I saw uh, Chenna was out there below LG&E yesterday, and I think he had white bass or hybrids and, and sauger as well. But I know right below McAlpin, I saw a lot of people doing pretty good with the uh, walleye. I mean, up to 28 inches, 20, wow. something like wow. that. Is the river cleared back up a little bit? I haven't been down there. Yeah. But as many people as I've seen fishing, I, I would assume that if you have a boat especially, yeah. it's probably pretty doable. I, I haven't been down to the river to fish myself and probably since deer season came in. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do it again, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of, my what I do outside kind of swings wildly with, you know, the opportunity at the time. Sure, no doubt. Yeah. It'd be nice to get a little more Rick even Rick and kill. I did, a, we did a trip, got a fishing guide cover out of it. Rick got a painting out of it with the kid throwing a cast net. We met this uh, guy, and this, uh, that was at Markland. Yeah, and that we did Markland. We did a whole series on Ohio River. It was one of my favorite pieces. Oh, some, that's before the new Meldal. That was the old Meldal. Yeah, they've rearranged all that. So. It's a lot more fishing friendly now. Mm -hmm. They've put in new access and uh, yeah. different gates and stuff, I think, up there. Because when we were there, you had to, if it didn't get over into that one flow where the gate was letting out, no fish. But if you got it right there, as soon as it hit the bottom, mm -hmm. boink, hybrid, boink, white bass, boink, sauger. I mean, every time. So a lot of these fish we're talking about sauger, saugai, walleye, or white bass, or hybrid. They look similar to a lot of people. You know, they look very similar. Mm -hmm. And I've, like I said, actually referred to your paintings before right. to look at some of the differences. Yeah. So how, and I mean, your paintings are technically correct. Right. Um, so how, what do you do when you're getting ready to paint a fish to go through and make sure you have the scales in the right place, the right number of dorsal fins, or the right curvature on the, on the mm -hmm. tail fin? Because you do all that, right? Right. Oh, it, it was a pretty lengthy process, but to get them absolutely accurate, back when I did all those ones for the department, uh, I had specimens, photos, lots of research to make sure that I had everything right. So I used anything and everything available to make sure I've got it. Did you ever take right. any field trips to the to the salt just to do a little bit of first-hand oh, research? Oh, yeah. I, think, yeah. I mean, you got to have your specimens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. Because the differences between... The Moroni family, which is your white bass, yellow bass, and striped bass or rockfish, mm. and then the hybrid, mm. which is the white bass and the striped yep. bass. Mm -hmm. Either one way or the other, one's male, female, mm. or female, male, the, that combination. But the yellow bass is lesser known, Yeah. but it it's a native fish, but it's more of a West Kentucky where you'll run we into them. We have the game farm. We've yeah, they're, they found their cell, they're moving. It's almost like they're more and more, more towards central Kentucky. We catch them in Taylorsville quite a bit. Yeah. I've caught a bunch of them in Kentucky Lake. That was Tim Farmer's, one of his favorite fish to eat. The yellow bass. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you're going through, and I, I see people get hybrids and, and striped bass confused quite a bit, especially fishing in an area where you have both. So right. the Ohio River below McAlpine is a good example. Somebody catch a fish and you what is this? Is this a striper? Is this a hybrid? And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's hard to tell, but you go through and so what details are you looking at when you're 
Well, it's it's like in a white, but what we see the most in the waters around here is a, a difference between a <clears throat> white bass, say in Tedersville, mm -hmm. and a hybrid. Mm -hmm. Well, like when they run up the river. Well, the actually the white bass, to me, when I look at it, they have a little higher profile and they don't have iridescence in their back. Hmm. You know, the like purples, that purple, little like reflections, you, you don't really see that. But it's also their markings are a little fainter mm -hmm. and uh, that very seldom, they're not very broken. Mm -hmm. The lines that run horizontally along their body. Uh -huh. Whereas on the hybrid, you've got lots of broken lines and they tend to be quite a bit darker uh -huh. lines mm -hmm. on their body. So and the iridescence, I didn't think they, about that. And they have the iridescence where the white bass so if somebody Doesn't. was to look at your pictures, they would actually yes, see that. Yes, they'll see that. And if you really look at that, and then you really look at those fish close. Yeah. Now, it's a little hard to tell some fish, especially if the water's mu muddy. Mm -hmm. The more turbid the water, the less color a fish has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a little harder then. But plus, they usually have a, a little different profile. When they're real small, it's a little harder to tell. Mm -hmm. But as they get bigger, uh, the uh, hybrid generally has a little bit longer, sleeker body. I tell you, I never had white bass. I never had you know, paid, proportionally. I never had paid that much attention, but I promise you, we have your posters on the walls mm -hmm. out here. I'm going to walk out there. I'm going to look at those two fish. And I'm going to see if I can see that iridescence. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can on a striper. You know, at yeah, purpley yeah, yeah. top. And, and yeah. the hybrid retains some of that. Yeah. But the white bass just doesn't have that. And it, it's so it's those little details like that. It's more olivaceous on the back, mm -hmm. which is a greenish brown type color. So just a little different. One so, little note about the yellow mm -hmm. bass: when you handle them, be careful because those little oh, they got the gill plates, yeah, those sharp gill plates. plates. They all have it, but they seem to be worse. Well, they're the they nailed me. I feel like they're their spines hard. are sharper too. I know, yeah. and they have a very they broken, have lit me up before. They have the exact same broken line each time. Well, it's bass. like the like the I can't remember which lines they are counting from the top to the bottom. The horizontal are just like off center, like they drop down one, huh. and then they start there. Did Farmer do a show with Jim Doom catching yellows? He went out there and did one for several years ago. Yeah. Long time ago. We did one with catching yellow bass with Chad's daughter and. Uh, That's right. I can't remember who our God was. Oh, I remember that I do too. episode. I should remember yeah. who it was. That yeah. we were on. But anyway. Funny, yeah. So uh, did you have to catch a bowfin and a chain pickerel to paint your posters? Mm, no. I, I, no. Because those are two fish I've never caught before. No, actually, <laughs> I, I think I may still have them. I had a jar. We had spe we used to have jars with specimens in them in the lab, yeah. so I had a jar with both ends in it. Uh, of course, in you know, on color and whatnot, you had, I had to go by photos and yeah. research to make sure I got that right. And then, of course, I painted them with their little, with their young in the wetland slough mm -hmm. poster. There's a bowfin yeah, I've seen guarding that. its little cluster school of mm. so juvenile what, fish. What They're I'm, one of the ancient species, correct? Yeah. What I've done is I've taken mm -hmm. your Fish of Kentucky poster that you said I think has 27 species on it. I think it's 27. And originally the goal was to go through and catch all those species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got them all but a brown trout right now, which isn't honestly that hard of a no, fish. You can make a couple of trips. You should yeah. be able to take care of that. Go down to Cumberland. Cumberland is your best place. Yeah. I think they'll take care of I've that. I've caught rainbows at Cumberland, but I've never. Yeah, yeah. But on that poster, I think I have all of them but the brown trout now. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking at the ecosystem posters, and I was like, well, I'm going to make a list of every fish that's on this poster and see which ones I haven't caught. Yeah. And I think that bowfin and chain pickerel just had me beat. <laughs> so well, a guy told me he knows a place I could go catch bowfin anytime I wanted to, and it's yeah. in far west Kentucky. Far west Kentucky, yeah, that's, that's, that's where they're, they're king. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them out well, there. It's pretty close to the Ohio River. It's like a shed. It almost looks like it's flooded, this area does. Mm -hmm. But he said it always holds water. It's right off the Ohio River. 
and he said, you know, you can go in there with some night crawlers and you can catch bowfin. So I'm hmm. there you go. If it's ever the last fish on the list. Them. Yes. Yeah. When I was a kid, they used to call them grinnels. Grinnels, yeah. Well, there and is a grinnel, though, right? people call them dogfish, too. You ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a, is a, a grinnel is a real fish, right? Well, the, here, when they say grinnel, it's the bowfin. It's hmm. just another name, a local uh, name. Do we it. not have a fish? What is it? Saltwater fishing. You catch these fish that have just the, they have little teeth. I think they're called rockfish in saltwater. Not, this, not like the striper. I'd have to pull up a picture for you. Yeah, but what I, is the I think the fish that they call grinnel here is the El grinnel is, is a bowfin. Is bowfin a name yeah. for a bowfin? But, but I, you know, a lot of people I grew up freshwater drum were white perch. Yeah. Oh yeah, people still call it drum. Yeah. I got a buddy that I could go argue with right now. He about calls it a yellow perch. He calls it a white, white perch. A white perch. I could, I could yeah. call up my buddy and get into an argument with him right now over. Oh yeah, white it's perch, a white perch, freshwater yeah. drum or white perch yeah well it sounds well, good who, you know silver maple is is a water maple They're well the same but, but that's lots of people call those but, but he, he would not believe that well it's a silver maple no well, it's, it's all water about, maple it's all yeah. about what your grandpa well, told you when you were a kid a and it's really not that i quit important. i'm not gonna win so no it's not that important. they do they are <laughs> they are associated with water <clears throat> until they start building neighborhoods yeah and then putting them there but the water maples yeah, yeah they put them to grow fast they don't do that anymore but they used to do it, and that's My why there are so many rural old farm homes mm -hmm. often have the giant silver maples because mm -hmm. they grew fast, they planted them, and they live quite a while. But I think they're also notorious for dropping limbs. In they do. That's why they don't plant them anymore. Their roots are shallow, and their limbs break But their natural habitat weak. is a riparian zone around the stream. And that's so, where they belong, yeah. to so hold when the they streams. When I, they break off and stuff, that creates fish habitat. I'll tell you what, it's weird. As soon as I saw this picture of this fish, I remembered what it's actually called. And it's, it's, that's the fish I'm talking about. Oh, what is that? It's called guy? a sculpin. Yeah. Oh, sculpin. The big sculpin. They don't yeah. get very big. They're just little yeah. guys. So, boy, you do have sculpins here in Kentucky. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. They had Cumberland tailwater, so there's but lots that's, of sculpins. That's the yeah, that looks like a banded sculpin just yeah. from here. Where's this at? That's a, well, you should know where it is. Is that, uh, is that Sandestin? Yeah, Sandestin. Let me see. There's another picture of it to the next. But yeah, so we actually, this is a weird looking little fish. There's one with its mouth open. Okay. Yeah, we, we have these weird little fish in Kentucky as well, though. Not this exact one, but. Yeah, they're, they're smallmouth relatives one. in the ocean, but we have sculpins. I tell you, they got a heck Kentucky. of a bite on them. Yeah. I mean, pound for pound, they might bite harder than any fish in the state. Yeah, they're, they're a really neat fish. The scoping, I think they're really cool. Got to paint one sometime. I have painted them. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're on, they're on <laughs> in the a na nature notebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yep. poster. I, yeah, I painted them more than once, scoping. See, I've and got... I painted, yeah. So they're, I don't know if they've been framed yet. The originals of the scoping on the walls downstairs. They're not on yeah. the poster. But for nature notebook, I painted several species of fish that yeah. didn't make it on the poster. But they're still there. So talking about Nature Notebook, <clears throat> I'll know, so you, like you said, you did all the covers. I actually have one of the Kentucky Field magazines right here. Mm -hmm. And the cover of this one mm -hmm. is a rock bass. Right. Mm -hmm. And that coincides with the, the main article in the magazine, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, so generally this, how it works. This one was a rock bass. I think the most recent was an elk, was it not? It was great, yeah. Was, yeah, was that bass. was actually yeah. one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Really? You like you've it? Done. I like oh, the elk nice. a lot. Uh, the light was great. So how do you, who, who decides what? Do you decide what you're going to paint? They make the articles around you, or do you? It's been Wait. that way before. It's like, I'd really love to do this. What do you think? Rick will come to me sometimes and say, what do you think about an article about rock bats? I was like, well, I, I haven't done one on rock bats. Let's do it. Yeah. Because Rick will have an idea well, I try to, let's say, you know, our editor, Dave Baker, yeah. and I work with him and I work with Lee on trying to decide. I do admit, freely admit, that I try to steer it 
yeah. little bit to something that I haven't done in well, a while or ever, course. and I'd like to do it. Yeah. So I'd like to see new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that yeah. just means you're not doing articles over the same thing every there, time. No, yeah. Some, I don't mind. I some things you have to have articles a lot about deer. Deer, elk. Elk, your mainline hunting yeah. things, but small game and bass fishing, crappie fishing, you your main things, but... Yeah. And you probably go kind of somewhat seasonal as well. Like this was the sum right. summer issue was a rock bass, obviously. And I think right. the fall issue was elk. Mm -hmm. So spring could be, I don't know. Do you all know what the spring is going to be? Yet? And we've talked a little bit. I do know. Uh, well, I don't want you to spill the beans right. here. Well, if we're, we're, I'm doing <laughs> I think we've discussed it, but I don't know if we've had a final decision. Don't paint yourself in a corner. That wasn't even supposed to be That sounds like something We've already done the legwork for a big piece. Yeah. for the spring so i don't know if it'll be involved with that but you've already done that recently it's going to be hard to paint a bath system no, no. Is, that, what, is that what it's going to be about no that was because that's a big project i've been kind of working on is highlighting the the bath system and of course it was just unveiled um or made operational i guess i should say uh last week was it i think it was last thursday senator mcconnell came down and right. pressed the button and right. fired it up it's hard yeah. to unveil something that's 40 feet underwater Yes. But, uh, it was, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I've kind of followed that process from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Right. As far as, you know, when they first got the cement cast to, to building them mm -hmm. and starting to put them in piece by piece and milling out the bottom of their, the riverbed. And it's it's pretty cool to see, and I, I have high hopes for it. Me yeah. Too. So I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. how that research goes. Yeah. Big issue. Yeah. Well, that's the Asian carp, the silver carp. Yeah, silver and big carp. That's the... the one of those did make it on the cover. I've done a Nature Notebook on those. Really? And the issue they are, but so I painted both of them. Mm -hmm. But then I painted one on the cover of the magazine once as a, it fallen prey to an osprey. Good. So yep. that was a good silver carp. Yeah. I'd be surprised if, if they were okay with painting Asian carp on the cover of the Kentucky Field Magazine. But as long as he's getting eaten by something, yeah. that's, yeah. that's good to go. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep it equal in the magazine subjects. You know, between birds and animals, and yeah. in the in the fish, but I am partial to fish, so I push as lead tell you, whether it's there or on the counter, I try to push for lots of fish, yeah. mm -hmm. so they will be equally, <clears throat> equally represented. So, so I turn here to uh, the Nature Notebook in this one, and it's got four of your illustrations there, right? Mm -hmm. And it is uh, about the cutthroats, yeah, which about... we now have cutthroats in the tailwaters. Yeah. So that's Not brook one and cutthroats, and rainbows, and browns. I've got a brook, brown. Rainbow, right? No cutthroat yet. I'd like to get the, yeah, so, the try or the yeah. So anyway, I really, I yeah. really, really enjoy doing the, the anatomical so, paintings of, of fish. So one of my favorites of Rick's is a brook trout that was throwing a fly oh, right in front of the rock house. Yeah, the tailwaters. I've been many, house. many times at the. Rock That's house. a historical, cool place mm -hmm. right there. Yeah, the rock house down on Cumberland. Mm -hmm. I talked to a girl the other day, actually at the. Uh, at the ceremony when Mitch McConnell pressed right. the button and it was also uh, Mitch McConnell and, and, and Representative Combs were there. I think those mm -hmm. were the two that were there. And I was talking to her. She does a lot of fishing down on the Cumberland and uh, her family actually owns a farm between Helms and Rock House, mm. I believe, that borders the river there. Oh, sweet. And she works Good for, water through there. I floated that a bunch back she, when the, during the drawdown day. She works for U.S. Fish and Wildlife at the hatchery too. And so I see her, you know, on social media all the time fishing and basically she gets off work, she walks over the hill 
and she's fishing, and that's what she does every day. It almost makes well, that's me a hard yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's irritating. Yeah, I see, I see her. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> I see her catching walleye and sauger, and she caught a sturgeon a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh did she? Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Well, a yeah. good friend of mine caught a sturgeon in the a cast net in Lake Cumberland. Yeah, one of yeah, our stalkers. Really yeah. I've gotten I got to paint those when we were doing first started introducing mm -hmm. them back the lake sturgeon, uh, and the and the juvenile, uh -huh. just so they can show people what they look the like. The After we put them cool in, looking. they are really attractive fish. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're into fish, yeah. but they really are beautiful animals. And uh, that's another thing is all the, as you see, the fish were my favorite subjects, but yeah. uh, our fish that, that I've done for the department that are on the poster are also used in Indiana yeah. for mm -hmm. all their posters and their state parks and their guides, anything fish, we let them Right. Well, Indiana, they don't want to get shown up by the artists. They don't have somebody that can do it as good, so they just <laughs> well, yeah, I, go yeah. to work. Yeah, they put they put my name in the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife, thanks to us, and they put it really small. Really the small. And their people won't notice. <laughs> notice. You got a lot. Well, also, uh, there's a book called Guide to Ohio Streams that has your stream ecosystem yeah, poster yeah. as the cover. Yeah, we've given permission because everything I paint for Fish and Wildlife is is their property. Yeah. So they give permission. Of course, they always ask me what I think, but I mean, you know, I, I can't stop. But anyway, but I'm yeah. glad for people to use it because it's always nonprofit. Yeah, and to help in schools yeah. or well, nature like I said, I saw it when I was in school, so it's yeah, obviously you know, it's, there's yeah. a lot of people out there who remember those posters. I mean, public school systems. I got to imagine that it's mm -hmm. probably millions and millions and millions and millions of people that have gone through public yeah. school systems in the past twenty. Eight years or yeah. twenty-three years, however long it's been. Mm -hmm. They're still hanging in the. They're at the zoo, still. That's pretty cool. I mean, they put them up right away in one of their buildings down there. But. So you said the stuff you do for fish and wildlife that that applies to that stuff. But I know that you do some personal projects. I do on the freelance. Side. I'm I, still a freelance artist. Yeah. Yes, I still. Well, do from that. what I hear, you uh, you do quite a bit of sculpting, 3D art. Yeah, I do do 3D art, although I haven't been real active for quite some time. Yeah. But that it used to be how I made my living. As yeah. a freelance artist, I did artwork for a gallery in Palm Beach for seven years and they, they were saltwater, freshwater fish. Uh -huh. The sculpture of them and painted. Uh -huh. High detail, scale the accurate, just like wow. I try to do on my paintings. Yeah. I tried to do in wood with also, it, I've carved blue crabs and conks and all kinds of things that go with, you know, I always have to have their habitat with them. So, mm -hmm. But everything I would make out of carved from wood. You know, let's try to make Rick some money real quick. If somebody wants to taxidermy, right? I, I see an opportunity here for you. Oh, gosh. Or, you know, because everybody's, you know, don't don't keep the fish and get the skin mount. Take the measurements and take a good picture and, and get the replica. Well, Rick here could do wood replica 3D artwork, you know, painted to perfectly, it'd probably look better in a replica mount. Oh, well, yeah, but that would be probably more be than the wife would want to spend. Because then you're in the the original art realm and that's... I'm trying to get you some um, real good original work yeah, here. The, the, you did two uh, Peleated Woodpeckers too, correct? Yes, I do. I, I helped deliver those of, to a private yeah, Right. Commission pilot woodpeckers. And actually, that was one of my, even though it's not a fish, huh? it was one of my favorite. Yeah, it's fantastic. I wish I could remember. I they were on a piece of wood, correct? Well, I carved a stump. Mm -hmm. Everything was 
car, I but they were on that. One yeah. was coming out through a hollow punch. I was, was nervous help carrying. I was like, God, if I trip and drop this, and he <laughs> yeah. I helped him deliver I, it. Yeah, actually, I think the the idea of where I could really help sportsmen, and one day I might. I don't know that I really want to advertise it because I don't know how much that I really want to do. But Maybe you, you can. That. Most people. Yeah, most people cannot. Uh, their wives won't let them have a fish in the house of anybody, in yeah. a prominent place, a cast of a fish, or you know, like a graphite, or yeah. what, whatnot. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, but the classiest way to do it, if you catch a trophy fish, and you took a picture and you measured it, was it would be, I mean, I have the skill. I could, I would do it. I could do it. Not saying I would do it for something, but to paint their fish to the exact size, color. Mm -hmm. And details, yeah, and and you could have written on there what river, where, yeah. da, 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 a classy piece of art to pass down through the generations. Mm, yeah, that'd be cool. They could hang in your house as a as a canvas painting of rigid, so that would fly on in any family, mm -hmm. whereas the other might not. See, yeah, I, I like uh, I like that idea because the only the only downfall in my situation would be that it wouldn't be my big fish on the wall. <laughs> it would be somebody else's. To, well, you'd have, have to, to be able swallow it, your pride a little bit. Well, and, <laughs> I've done a pretty good job of that. Fact, so. I've openly admitted on this podcast many times that I get out fished uh, regularly. So. Well, I enjoy seeing the big fish, though. It's nice to hold them. You know? yeah. <laughs> she lets me do that. Well, <laughs> but, but, well, but, but even your even your biggest bluegill would look beautiful yeah. on the in the dining room. Not even necessarily like the biggest. I remember there's just one absolutely beautiful bluegill I caught. One, I mean, it was probably eight or nine inches. It was a big bluegill. That's a, that's a it was on the fly rod, and I still had the fly in its mouth. And I remember the picture holding it. It just looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. Is that of a farm pond? Nice yeah. summer day. Oh yeah, it's probably a male yeah. bull bluegill. It was, it was and they purple, got purple and cast yeah. and whatnot. Purple on and the, orange. And, yeah, they're they get beautiful that. fish. They get the well. They get a squarish looking head, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, it's like a big, big old bullheaded. So they call them stump knockers. You ever heard of that? Yeah. From that big. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. I've heard radier called stump knockers. They almost too, look like they got a humpback to them when they get big like that. Yeah, an older, big yeah. the male bluegill. They get that big. Yeah. I love catching them like that. Yeah. Would be a pretty picture. Yeah, and their ear flap is really big, black. I mean, really. What else you got, Lee? I'm looking for this picture. I want to show um, you. So, to recap. November 26th, free show. You, all you have to do is uh, pass security. You can go in and look at Rick's art in the Rotunda. Yep. And continue to look for uh, his wonderful paintings on the co cover of Kentucky Field for as long as he'll put up with us. So, <laughs> yeah, so if you're around, go to the state capitol and mm -hmm. go see it. It's, it's phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I've, I've had people from out of state and I've been down to the capitol, you know, not every day or anything, but I've been down there several times. And it's amazing. I have people from California saying this is the most beautiful state capital I've ever been in. It is a beautiful building. But that rotunda is, is just impressive. And then having your art there, it's just it's right. an incredibly cool setting. Yeah. It won't be replicated ever again. Yeah. You know, and you right? can rub Lincoln's foot while you're in there. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I see where a lot of people do. Yeah. He's got it's Lincoln's right there in the middle of the room, the Statue of Lincoln, and uh, several other famous Kentuckians. It's a bronze yeah. statue, is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's foot's all just colors. Kind of reminds me of Daniel Boone at EK. Yeah, yeah, I rubbed I rubbed Daniel Boone's foot at Eastern right. Bunch. <clears throat> so that is through the twenty sixth of November. Yep. Yeah, so it's really not gonna be there much longer. Yeah, so get on it. And today is time is the, flying. Today's the eighteenth, am I right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, today's the eighteenth. So you got Wow. Well there really isn't much time, is there? No. Eight days. Been, when did it open? It's the first. Okay. Yeah. We put it in the thirtieth. 
That's right. Of October. Remember? Yeah. We went down, and if somebody saw, let's see, was it last week or the week before? Last, so two weeks ago show, uh, we shot raps down there. And like I said, Chad pitched to it a little bit. Yeah, but you ran into Gina down there. Yeah, so I ran into your wife, and yeah. I was embarrassed because she she recognized me, mm-hmm. and I felt bad. I, 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 recognized, like I recognized her, but I couldn't quite figure it out. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not always that sharp, so. <laughs> like you see her all the time. <laughs> yeah, but she it was, yeah, she was. It She's was worked nice. down there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chad knew who she was immediately, Yeah, well, yeah, but they know each other, but. Well, I'll tell you guys what, unless you got anything else you want to throw at me, we could talk sports if you want. Are you a sports fan, Rick? You mean like football, basketball? Yes, those not, sports. Not, not usually. <laughs> well, that's, that's perfectly fine, He likes fine uh, too. the NCAA tournament, though. Yeah, I, I, when Kramer always had his little break, I got in that. Yeah. I'd watch more then than any other. Well, uh, I'll be extremely. He has a good track record. <laughs> He's won some junior dad. Oh, yeah, but that, that just goes to show that you don't have to know. It gets to the <laughs> luck thing sometimes. Well, luck's part of everything. Well, that's just Especially it. Especially that. Like my dad, you see, he'll take luck over skill any day mm-hmm. because that's what gets you through. Study long, biggest. study wrong is what your dad used to always tell me at the track. Mm-hmm. I do like horse race. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I've heard stories of you guys at the track before, so. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I do. I, yeah. That's the one I know nothing about, and I don't feel comf- comfortable with at all. But yeah. you need to take your girlfriend to Keeneland, though. Mm-hmm. Keeneland, uh, it's beautiful there. Oh yeah, I've been to Keeneland before. Okay. So is she, just not together. But we uh, we'll run through the quickest sports segment we've ever done, just because it's you know. Looks like both uh, all both teams are going to be bow eligible. I think UK will pull it out. Kentucky Louisville has already has. Yeah, Louisville. They're, they're like twenty six yeah. point favorites on the line for UT Martin. So yeah, well, Louisville, Kentucky should. I mean, it should be a big game when they play. Both teams got good wins in football this mm-hmm. past uh, past weekend. Louisville looked really good in basketball mm-hmm. for thirty minutes yesterday. Kentucky. Still a little bit of a sore subject basketball-wise because they absolutely crushed me yeah. last week. Oh, you uh, mean when they had yeah. that horrible loss to, to Evansville? Yeah, I would literally. I they were favored by twenty-five points, mm-hmm. Kentucky, in that uh, game. I think up until it was over, I never actually thought they were going to lose. Even mm-hmm. when they were down, you know, four with two minutes to go or whatever it was, I was always thinking they're going to find a way. They're going to find. A way. They did not find a way, and it was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And they won't be ranked number one again this year, probably, unless a bunch of people up above them. Uh, and that's okay, though. Oh, it's fine. Let's see what happens in March. But I do want to see them do really well tonight. They play yeah. at seven. I want to see a showing tonight. Me too. And uh, don't the real sports thing I've been following lately has been Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Oh, no, no. He's but, really matured. He, I mean, he's just he makes all these other professional athletes look like they need to go hit the gym <laughs> and <laughs> try to try to get on his level because I just worry about you know every Russell Wilson those defied the odds. But, you know, taking that many hits. He doesn't take that many hard hits. Well, he got smoked a few times the other day. I was watching him. He's tough. He's tough. But that is cumulative. Yeah, it's fun to watch. But, I mean, Brady's taking a lot of hard hits over his time, too, and I don't think he's physically as tough as Lamar is. No. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, he, maybe he can meet up but with But I Brady. love watching him. It's, he's the most exciting player. I mean, he makes all these guys look a, a step slow, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just ridiculous. No, yeah, no he's he quite... People didn't think he would make it in the big time, but mm-hmm. boy, he showed them. Mm-hmm. And he even speaks better. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've never noticed he really got his act together. He's I mean, still not a great public speaker, though. No. Yeah. But before, I didn't even know what he said. He seems confident now. Yeah. Confident. Yes. Yeah, he seems confident. I He'll, just think they worked with him, mm-hmm. and he's. He gets up there and jokes with the media and makes He a seems more. a lot more mature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like Lamar, though. I'm, Me too. I'm, I'm a Lamar fan. Yeah. 
All right, guys, I'm going to call it quits. I've got to get some editing done and get some stuff ready for this weekend's show, but I appreciate you coming on. All right. It's been a good one. Thank you.